Welcome back to the Dream Lab series podcast where we take you behind the mindset of high achievers. I am life and confidence coach Audrey Diaz Robles. I'm Sabrina Castillo, your life and leadership coach here at the Dream Lab. And today I'm excited for our guest. Angelise Cordero is a coach and founder of POP, which she will explain more, Propel on Purpose Coaching. And what I really like about her message is as a first gen um, child of immigrant, what it means to be able to walk into our purpose and still be able to love what we do, find our stride in life, whether we have a nine to five or an entrepreneur or we become an entrepreneur and what that transition could possibly look like. A lot of what she does is help people through that process. But welcome, Angelise. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm a huge fan of the podcast, of the concept of the Dream Lab, of you ladies individually, what you do in your respective domains and what you're doing for the collective. So I'm super excited to speak to your audience and to share more and to help everyone pop. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait to pick your brain here today. Yeah. Could you tell us what pop is, right? I know it's propel on purpose, but you have a mission in your heart and tell us about that. Oh, I love the sound of that. And that's exactly it. Pop is me creating the thing I wish I had when I was stuck and deeply unhappy in my career and in my life. And so it's it's like my child that I birthed and now the way that I am fulfilling my purpose, which is to empower other people to really align to their purpose. So Propel and Purpose Coaching, I founded it about, oh, it's gonna be two years. My baby's gonna turn two soon. And what it does is empower first-generation professionals. And I'll get into why that is specific to that experience why I speak specifically to that experience. So it empowers first generation professionals who feel stuck and unhappy in their careers to align to a purpose-driven career and life. And when we talk about purpose, I feel like it gets overcomplicated. It's like, how do you define that? And it obviously varies between all of us, right? Like what purpose means for me versus what it means to Audrey versus what it means to you, Sabrina, is very different. But I think at its core, the way we can simplify that is it's the thing that brings you meaning and joy. And what I've defined that as is what makes you soul happy, like mm. happy deep down in your soul, you're in flow and you just like feel it energetically. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be defined. It doesn't even have to have words. You just know. And as someone who is over analytical and always in their head, whenever someone would tell me like, what does your gut tell you? I'd be like, I don't even know what that means because I'm too busy like thinking about it. And it wasn't until I did all of this work to get to this point in my career and in my life that I now know what that means. And so I'll backtrack in a moment and share that I am a first generation uh, to come to this country, actually. So I was born in Cuba. My mom and I came to this country when I was four years old. I grew up in Hudson County, Northeast New Jersey. And by the grace of God and really kind people, I you know, went through school, I was a straight A student, went to college. And in high school, the goal was to get to college. I didn't know what was supposed to happen after that. And I didn't have these people in my, in my family or in my network who were 
mentoring me and letting me know what that was. I had some really great teachers, but they helped me get to college. Once I got to college, I had to rely on my community of peers who were also first generation, low income, working class, uh, people of color, because I was part of this cohort called the Educational Opportunity Fund, which is, uh, I think, specific to New Jersey. And I went to a really white and wealthy college, and it was the first time in my life that I realized I was a minority and that the world as I knew it was totally different. And as I was learning about all these things in the textbook, it was like, oh, that's my that's been my experience. The things that you you that you read about in sociology of race and ethnicity class and all these different things. And I think it just sparked this equity lens. I think I always had it by virtue of just being a person of color and navigating the world as such and a woman. Uh, but I, I saw how other people perceive us and the challenges that we have as a result of all of that. So I went through college and I had no idea what I wanted to do in terms of a career. I picked a major based on what was interesting to me, which is human behavior. So I studied behavioral science, so behavior in the context of sociology, psychology, and anthropology. And I graduated, no idea what I wanted to do. I started working at a nonprofit organization managing the Hispanic Women's Resource Center. And it was a job that I thought I would love and I would do for forever, right? Because you're supposed to know exactly what you wanna do after college and get the dream job, right? It turned out that a couple, maybe like two years in, I wasn't happy and I knew that wasn't it for me. I felt underdeveloped. You know, when I first got the job, it was like such a great opportunity. I was making $40,000. Like my mom never made that much in her entire career. So for me, it was like a blessing. And, you know, who did I think I was to want more than that? Like I had made it, right? But I wasn't happy. I just didn't know what I wanted to do next. I thought I had all of these different interests and I couldn't narrow it down. Fast forward through, you know, I did a stint at grad school, had to withdraw from the program because I wasn't happy in that. I didn't love it. Trust me, I regret that greatly. I'm still paying back those student loans. Uh, it took me getting downsized from that first job out of college to finally get that fire under my butt to figure it out. And then I had conversations with, you know, now people that were professionals in my network who I graduated with. And... I started to realize the, the things that connected my interests. And uh, a really great friend of mine, her name is Sabrina also, she worked in HR and she would always tell me, you know, you would be great in HR. And I had this like very limiting belief of what HR professionals did. So I started to do more research and I decided that I would go to graduate school because I was going to be downsized. So I pursued a one year master's degree in, in human resource management. And as soon as I graduated, I was offered a low entry level HR role at a financial services company. And by then I had been out of employment for a year. So I decided I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna figure it out. And boy, did I have to figure it out because corporate America and nonprofits are very different worlds. And the other thing I will say is the nonprofit that I worked with was a Latino based organization. So I worked with other Latinos and I was serving the Latino community. When I went to corporate America, I was hired by a Latina woman, a Dominican woman who I will always be very grateful for giving me that first opportunity in corporate America. But the rest of HR and the rest of the organization was not diverse at all. And so again, I felt this 
the imposter syndromes that come along with knowing that you are one of only or one of a few, you're either only or a few in, in this environment and how to navigate the world as such. Plus the intricacies of corporate America. It can be a very complex area, especially when you're talking about financial services. Like it's like a boys club, right? Um, even in HR, the, the senior leaders in that organization were predominantly white male in a, in a female dominated you know, um, sector like HR, which was odd, right? And so I learned a great deal and I tried a number of different roles because I was still trying to find the thing that made me happy. Like I tried three different roles in four years and I was like, none of this is it. Like, this isn't why I went to graduate school. You know, this isn't something that gives me the sense of like fulfillment. And it wasn't until my last role there that I um, was working in campus recruiting, getting to work with early talent. So recruiting our interns and then helping them navigate the first few years of their career in a leadership rotational program. Loved that. But by then I knew it wasn't the right organization for me because I was underpaid and undervalued and underdeveloped. So I transitioned over to the organization where I am now. So I still work full time in corporate America and corporate HR while I manage uh, my business. And even in this organization, I tried a number of different roles trying to figure out the right opportunity, the dream job. And in 2018, I landed that dream job. It was managing the leadership development program, which is still my job today. And that's when I felt like, oh, I made it. I figured it out. I went through the process. Now I can coach other people to do it. I can be that person that I wish I had when I was stuck and unhappy. And that's how POP uh, was born. And what I do is through one-to-one -one coaching, uh, through some group coaching, workshops, training and development, is coach people through the process of finding, and I don't, I don't even think the word finding is the, the right term. I think it's more like excavating what your purpose is, because we all have it and it's there. It's just a matter of having the conversations with this like unbiased party, like you, you ladies know, your coaches. There's a tremendous value in having somebody outside of your family, outside of your network, just a mirror to you the things that that you're sharing and my theory is that because we spend so much time at work and careers are at the center of our lives that finding or aligning your career with your purpose is going to result in more meaning and joy and happiness that doesn't mean that you can't have a purpose-driven hobby you know, or do things outside of your career that are aligned to purpose. Like your career doesn't have to be the thing that gives you uh, that sense of purpose, but you should at minimum work for a company whose values align with your values, that is purpose-driven, that is mission-driven. So there's different ways to figure out, well, what is my purpose and how do I align to, align to that with the thing that in this capitalist society I spend the most of my time doing or the place where I spend most of the time at? Um, I think there's tremendous value in that. And when you do that, everything else unfolds. So we're told or we're led to believe that you do these things for the money, um, not for the joy. And I just don't think that that's true. That's certainly not my experience. I know many people who work, lead, and live on purpose. And I think that once you find that thing, everything else unfolds. You definitely, the, the money will come, as they say. As cliche as that sounds, I do think that that's true. And that was a very long intro. <laughs> <laughs> no, it gives people, I think, an, well, a couple things I got. One, it's that 
you gave yourself the permission to be able to change your mind, which I know is not always easy for people to do, mm -hmm. right? And to know that you're in grad school and most people, especially, I don't know about you, but like if I told my mom I was going to grad school and didn't finish that, just it's all the drama that you have to deal with of trying to be who you are. Um, but one of the things that I caught on there, and I know Audrey and I have had this conversation, is it seems like you were like on high achiever mode every single time, right? Always. Um, always. And so what's that mindset and how how do you still feel that you get through the times where you feel like you have to achieve because you have to show up as this person and still allow yourself to have this grace to say, actually, you know, this isn't it either. Because I think that when you get into a high achiever mode, often you keep going, right? Because someone has outlined a full track for you. Mm -hmm. right this mentor of yours lined out a track for you and then you now feel the responsibility to see that through so as a high achiever how have you given yourself the grace to give yourself that permission i love this question and i, I want to start off by saying that it's it's work it, it's not something that's going to come naturally and you sort of have to go through the fire of the journey of uh figuring out yourself and your purpose because that's the only you're the only person who's going to give you that permission we we seek that external validation a, a lot and i don't think there, there's anything wrong with that i think validation gets a, a really bad rap and i i see it as the people who love us and care for us the most deeply can serve as divine mirrors in our lives to to show the things that maybe we're we have blind spots around but when it comes to leading your life, you do have to be the person who ultimately says like, I don't need to show up this way anymore. I don't need to be performative about the things that I do. And being high achiever can sometimes, high achieving can sometimes be just performative because you're performing to the goal that somebody else set. You're performing to the expectation. You're performing to the role. And at some point, you're you're so far down that track that you don't get the chance to stop and ask, but am I happy? <laughs> and I think that's what grounds me now more than ever. Whenever I had, and you know, we, I say this often, there's always whispers and um, we can call it intuition. We can call it the whispers. We can call it signs, the universe, whatever, but the signs are there. Um, for me, there were many times where I heard that voice like, this isn't it, this isn't it, why are you doing this? And then you you get into situations where you even self-sabotage, right? Uh, and so you just have to be paying attention to what those signs are to know that there's some kind of incongruence, there's dissonance between what you know to be true about who you are and what you're meant to do and how you're meant to serve versus all of these external things. And that takes a great deal of clarity and confidence, like um, Audrey, Audrey, I'm sure that resonates with you, to be able to just kind of clear away from all of that and say like, no, this is the thing that makes me happy. Um, a recent example, you know, a friend of mine were, were having a, uh, I don't even want to call it a fight. We don't fight, but like a disagreement about something. And I'm at the point in my life where I said, look, you know, I don't need you to understand this about myself or why I have this relationship with this person, but I need you to respect it. And I think you can only get to that point in your life when you are confident and like, why, why am I having this relationship with this person that people don't understand. Like, how do I defend that? Many people would be like, oh, and they, they just like put on a mask and these different um, 
parts of their lives. And so as it relates to the, the achiever mode, it's really getting down to what is the reason why you're pursuing these achievements? And you want to ground into, is it aligned with my purpose and does it make me happy? I think that's the simplest way. And I would say that you get more momentum when those things are true. When you are aligned with purpose and when you're happy, then you're not grinding, you're not hustling, you're just in flow. I really love that because it's it's actually a topic that's been coming up a lot in the other podcasts that Sabrina and I have been doing, especially the one with Mari, life coach Mariela de la Mora, which is why are you doing things? Is it is it for yourself or is it for other people? Mm -hmm. And we need so much clarity around that. But I wanna commend you because it does take so much bravery to change careers mm -hmm. in that way. And something that you said that really stuck out to me was that you kept looking back, like what is the thing that brought me from here to there? What is it that I really wanna do? because I saw so much of myself in what you talked about. I changed careers a lot. And I always thought to myself, like, well, what is it? What is it that I love to do that changes each time with each career? So if someone's listening to this and they're in a career that was kind of chosen for them, like when you said that, you know, you your goal was to get to college and then what? So I, I'm sure that a lot of our parents are like, well, you become a lawyer, you become a doctor, like those careers that make a lot of money. So if someone's listening to this and they went into one of those careers, mm -hmm. which is like the one that brings in the steady paycheck week to week, and they're listening to you like, well, I'm, I'm pretty stable, I'm happy, but there should be something else. What should they start asking themselves? Yeah, it, it's interesting because that's exactly what happens. You create this identity. I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a teacher. And it's typically in these very secure careers. And, and it makes sense, right? Because our parents or whoever sacrificed so much so that we could have access to education and to these lofty careers and professions. And there's so much guilt associated with that, that uh, first, most people don't even give themselves the permission to think that they could do anything differently because they automatically feel like they're going to disappoint. And then there's the things that come along with that identity, the, the financials and the status and the reputation and all these things. And we are led to think that that's what happiness is. It's having that title, having the finances, having, you know, the power and the status. But I know so many people who are lawyers and who are project managers and who are whatever, and they hate it or they are like, eh, you know, it's fine. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong, but I know that I'm not fulfilled and I know that I'm not happy. And so you have to take a step back and the, your career doesn't exist in, in a vacuum. It exists as part of your life. So are you in that part of your life where you can make a transition? Because sometimes people want to make those transitions, but other things don't align, right? They, they do rely heavily financially on this career and not that they can't do something totally different and make that kind of money, but it's going to take work and you have to be mentally prepared and have the support system to be able to make those transitions. So how does this fit into your life is the first thing. And then are you ready to detach from that identity and the things that comes along with it and to do the work to reflect? And that reflection, I think, comes from 
doing the work to go within and finding, well, what are the things that I enjoy doing when I'm in flow? And if I take, you know, if I connect the dots back, what's always been the through line for me. I have a, a really dear friend of mine I've, I've known him since we were kids and he was an attorney for a really long time. And, you know, he went to an Ivy League school, first in his family to do so, practiced law, was a partner early on. From the outside in, you would think he is like, he made it. He's like, you know, the man. Um, and he came to me at some point recently was like, I really want to make a transition. Like, I, I'm just not fulfilled. We serve on a board together. And he's like, I get so much more joy out of what we do for this nonprofit that we're not, we actually invest money to be a part of the board. So like, he doesn't get paid to do that. And that that's what has been giving him more meaning and joy. And it was like, well, you can take all of these skills that you have gained as an attorney and by serving on all these different boards. And what are those skills that you can then transfer to something totally new? And so he recently, is now the chief of staff at a university and loves that because of the work that he now gets to do to empower the next generation of leaders. And, and when he went for that position, he was like, I don't think that I have what it takes to do this. And I was like, hell yeah, you do. Let's take a step back and look at all of the tremendous skills and experiences that you have. Because the thing is that we think that we're going to start from scratch. And we're not starting from scratch. We're not starting as college graduates. We're starting from experience. We're starting from having built a portfolio of tremendous skills and a network of people that are going to support and bridge those gaps. And so you can definitely make a transition. It's more of, are you ready to make the transition? And are you willing to do the work that it's gonna to take to make the transition? And then are you ready to peel back the onion? Because it, it sometimes can feel like going through the fire. It's like, oh my God, I've gone through my whole life doing things to make other people happy or to follow this path that was set out for me. Like, who am I when you take all of that away? That can be really scary Ooh. for many people. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> and so you have to be ready to, to do that work in order to come to the other side. But I can tell you when you come to the other side, it's a different type of tired. It's a different type of, you know, day in and day out of like that, what people call the grind, it doesn't feel like a grind. It feels like I'm so happy to be doing this kind of work. It's like being able to put your head down on the pillow at the end of a long day and feel satisfied with the work that you did. Yeah, and then wake up the next day excited again. Yes. And there's too many people that wake up with this, like what you said, it's like, oh, you know, I'm good. There's nothing wrong. And I think we talked about this. Um, I think maybe you and I talked about this, Sabrina, but there's nothing wrong with being comfortable. I think comfortable and happy are really great things. Uh, I think sometimes when you are a high achiever, and I had this happen to me recently, where it was like, wait, am I really happy or am I just really comfortable? And I was like, wait, no, 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 that's just the, the first gen like high mm. achiever in me thinking like, oh, I gotta pursue something else because like everything's good. <laughs> and it's like, no, 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 everything's good, but you're happy. So there's nothing else that you need to keep striving for in this moment, just be in flow and attract the abundance that's gonna come with that. So like you have to check yourself in those moments. So if you're comfortable and happy, that's great. Continue to live in that, that's the, that's the goal, isn't it, right? But if you're comfortable and like unfulfilled or like, you know, happiness comes and goes, I think for, it's never going to be a hundred percent, but at, 
it should be the majority of the time, I think. You should feel that sense of fulfillment and that joy the majority of your of your days. Because life is too short to live in that comfort zone that is stifling, that is um, only comfortable on the surface and, right. you know, based on perception, not like what you actually feel. You know, I had somebody inbox me the other day and kind of go on a thing about how, well, what if you don't want more out of life? What if like you're happy in your corporate job and you know, you're just happy coming home to your family and that's it. And I'm like, well, if that's what you actually want, then good for you. But I feel like sometimes people feel like, well, our culture hypes up so much entrepreneur entrepreneurship and having your side hustle and doing this and doing that. How many of your clients come to you because they really do want to excel in corporate or they want to go off, take off, change careers, do their own thing. What does that look like? It's, it's, it's interesting because um, more recently, my clients are people who want to leave corporate, not people who want to transition within corporate. And I think that is probably a result of the pandemic and the way in which some organizations have responded, the way in which, especially for women and working mothers, that they've had to navigate uh, these two worlds of them, the corporate and, and the career life and, and the mom life without boundaries, without support, with, you know, even higher expectations. And it's like, I'm, I'm over all of this. And I just want to finally take the leap and do that thing. I'm sure that resonates with you, Sabrina. Um, and so I, I've had a lot more of those, especially because, and the other piece of it related to the pandemic, I think it has highlighted for us that life is short and life is fragile. And we should not waste any more of our precious time doing things that don't make us happy and working for companies that maybe don't make us feel as valued as as people, especially people of color. And so I've had a lot more clients recently who are ready to make that leap. And it, it's a beautiful thing because I, I get to help them navigate that process. Yeah. I think that's how I reached out to you because it's interesting because like you in the beginning of the pandemic, you would talk about the transitioning of careers. Right. And for me, it was more of like, how do I understand not only like, is this like the purpose I want to do, but more so on learning to trust myself that, like you said, people say like, what does your gut say? And for, I don't know, a few years ago, that was just a frustrating question, you know, yep. <laughs> I'm like, uh, maybe I don't really want to hear what my gut has to say because that just sounds really hard because it's it just felt really far-fetched because a, a big limiting belief and I think as most of us were grown up to being like work is supposed to be hard this is work right um and when I you know if I would tell my parents like oh I just I don't feel like going to work they'd be like but what like that's that's not an option right I mean Audrey talks about her Sunday scary stories and it's like when I first heard her talk about that, I'm like, I feel that too. <laughs> and I was happy at work and, but I wanted something more. And I think like the story that Audrey just shared, it's true. If you truly feel like you're comfortable and happy, then that's fine. But I would also just ask the question of why that was a triggering need to defend. <laughs> yes. right. That was my real question behind all of it, but. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. people aren't ready to go there. Yeah. And so how do you, so where I was going with that was in leading the next question to follow up Audrey's, which is like just transitions in general. Um, 
you know, what, what does that look like if someone, you know, your friend was a, a lawyer in Ivy League? I mean, I would think that walking, not walking away from that. See, even that's just a, a bad term. Like he's not walking away from anything. He's walking into new opportunities. Mm-hmm. And somehow we're taught that like, whoa, you're walking away from something. So what does transitions look like when people are feeling that? And what should they expect before we wrap up? Tell us that. Yeah, so there's three types of transitions that I mostly focus on with clients. Um, And it's either a transfer. So you're leveraging the skills that you have and you're just moving to a different company. So you're the company where you're currently working. uh, You are no longer going to grow there or, you know, it's a manager. A lot of times it has to do with the manager, Uh, manager, misfit, mismatch of role, these different things. And I'll tell you about my three P's in a moment. So the first is the three T's. So the transition, Um, the transfer is when you're going from same skills, same experiences, just a different company. And that's, that's probably the easiest because you're, you're basically just taking your resume and your network. Um, you're leaning into your network to help you find opportunities elsewhere. And sometimes people just have limiting beliefs around that. And I'm like, no, that's easy. We can get you from here to here. It's totally going to be amazing. Don't worry. The second one is a transition where you're transferring skills. So like my friend who went from being an attorney to a chief of staff, it's like, what are the skills that you have based on all these years of experiences and how can you leverage that to something totally different? Um, That is a a real transition that takes longer because you, you have to work it. So you have to be really clear on like, what are those skills and experiences that you want to leverage? And then how do you tell the story? Uh, I think that's a big part of where people get caught up. Oftentimes they don't believe the story themselves and that's what you know prevents them from making traction and really like propelling to the next opportunity because if you can't effectively communicate your skills and your experiences to that hiring manager, to that recruiter, to that panel that you're interviewing with, then why would they hire you? Like, you have to be willing to say like, yes, I have this and this is what it takes. And, you know, here's how I'm going to bring value and how I'm going to contribute to this organization. So that's what that looks like is preparing your value proposition to that next opportunity that looks totally different. And then the third T is the transformation. And that those are the people who are taking that major leap from leaving and working for others and creating their own entrepreneurial venture. And my, my theory is that when people feel stuck and unhappy, it's usually related to one of these three P's. The purpose is that they don't have they don't have clarity of purpose and they still have to do some work to really define what that means. So what is the thing that brings them meaning and joy? And then if they are clear on that, but they're still, you know, stuck in an organization or not growing or feeling underpaid or undervalued a lot of that might have to do with their performance. And that's the part where people don't want to make, they don't want to admit that, or maybe they haven't been given the right feedback or they have blind spots and there's work to be done there to really elevate your skill set and your development so that you can grow where you are or you can grow in the next opportunity. And then the last one is politics. So something that we're not taught and we have to learn to navigate is those unwritten rules of the workplace. 
And depending on where you are and the culture of the organization, it might be really difficult for you to know how to navigate that. You really have to exercise your self-advocacy muscles in order to grow in these organizations. In order to grow in life, like you have to advocate for yourself and you have to learn how to do that based on who your audience is and communication and all of these different things. So when I have someone that comes to me, I try to assess like, where are they in their journey? What's Where is it that they're stuck? And then let's go do some work around that uh, in order to you know, propel to that next opportunity that is aligned to purpose. I like that. One, it's clear, but one of the things in a good way, if anyone is listening, if you are working somewhere or you're just unclear, is that coming to the place of clarity and purpose takes work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it requires for you to show up and be ready to get through a process and answering some questions and looking deep. And I think that that sounds like a lot, like you said, but also it's so good on the other end. It's so much. Oh, easier. it's so good. It's so, so good. It feels so good. You know, I have been going through coaching myself, not on the career side, but on a personal side. And every time I, um, it, you know, even when you have those moments of like, oh, this is overwhelming. When you when you get through that uncomfort zone, you feel so empowered. And it's like, oh, I'm ready for the next level of me. And, and there's tremendous value in, in having a coach and going through personal and professional development. And we need to normalize it. I don't think that that's something that in our communities um, we're taught to value. And, and women, right? Like I, I had a client once say, we were in a group chat. You might have been on this already, Sabrina, the 5 a.m. club. I had a client who, she became a client, but first she was like, ladies, I don't know why, but if I want to spend... X amount of money on an expensive bag. I'll do it without even thinking about it. She's like, I've been thinking about getting a coach, but I can't bring myself to do it. And I was like, hi, I'm a coach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's talk. <laughs> um, yeah. Sure enough, she invested in herself. But we are we quickly invest in these superfluous things um, that don't really bring value to our life. They're just momentary moment, you know, like momentary joy. It's like, yes, I love me some shoes, especially if they're yellow. Um, and I will go get a pair of shoes. But in that moment, I will be really happy. But then that moment is fleeting. However, all of the investments that I'm making in my personal growth, that I'm going to keep that with me forever and ever. And it's going to continue to sustain my ability to to serve other people and and that's priceless no preach it girl it's it's kind of like that quick fix mentality like mm -hmm. people don't want to do the work we want to be told just tell me what to do <laughs> just right. tell me. yeah i mean i i'm guilty of that i'm like just tell me uh what i love is that i know audrey like how you know, she values herself in the work that she does. I know like how much work I put in and I got to meet Angelise through that work. And all three of us here are coaches and have coaches, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. I've hired Angelise to help me through that clarity process. So coaches have coaches for a reason because we yeah. always are looking to level up. And like you said, mm -hmm. um, we're taught to invest in ourselves because we're always looking for answers out of a degree, which I, I believe in education. Don't get me wrong. Like mm -hmm. I believe in like bachelor's and grad school and all that. Totally. But I think what one of the things that we're not taught, especially if you're a child of immigrants, is the fact that that degree is just the key to open the door. But for mm -hmm. you to get through that door, have a place through that door and really mm -hmm. soar, you need to have the right mindset. And that's what coaches do. So 
Absolutely. Thank you. Um, can you leave us with your affirmation of the week, your motto of this phase in your life, something to really inspire our community? Oh, hmm. You stunted me with this one because there's so many that I could share. <laughs> Let me take a moment to reflect on where I am. I think the more work that I do personally, the more I just trust the process. That doesn't mean that you just let things happen to you. Um, that means that you still do the work and you show up and that you work to align your your purpose to to the to your life but then when you do that work and and this is hard for achievers for high achievers because you want to control the outcome but i'm learning that you can influence the outcome by just being in that state of flow and the more you you surrender to that and the more abundance you actually attract when you're not trying to control the outcome, when you're just like, I'm in flow, I've done the work, and now I just have to trust whatever higher being you you believe in. I just have to trust that what is meant for me is not going to pass me and that no matter what, I'm going to pop. <laughs> Love it. Love Thank it. you, Annalise. Um, there was so much, but we'll definitely be having you back because I, I heard like three other topics there. So thank you so much. <laughs> Anytime. Thank you again for having me. Thank you. Uh, I love Annalise's energy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I really loved about this conversation? That she didn't play around with how much work it takes. Yeah. And that's something that as high achievers, first generation Latinas, we're not scared of the hard work, but it's scary when we don't have a roadmap. Well, I think she nailed it in the end, right? That we want to control the outcomes, mm -hmm. which is why we get the good grades, we get the degrees. And then we're disappointed when things don't work out or we don't get the feeling that we were in seek of, right? So mm -hmm. we, we start to get frustrated and feeling and, I actually, you know, just hearing her talk through those last couple of minutes, realized like, yeah, that was a big part of what the reason why I needed to be a high achiever. I wanted to be in control mm -hmm. and in control at all costs. Right. And never look bad in front of anyone. And I wanted everyone to have a certain perception of me. Because, you know, the validation that you get from that. Yeah. Right. It's important to your family. It's important to everyone that knows you. Right. And then the other thing I really liked about you've been talking about this a lot and I've mm -hmm. been trying to really harness this is this working in flow, mm -hmm. right? And that we, even when we come out of it and you find your purpose, you're like, well, now I got to hustle for this purpose because it's all we know, right? Hustle, hustle, yeah. hustle. We mm -hmm. want to apply the same rules to a new game and then it doesn't work that way. And I it's do like stressed success. Yeah. Which I'm so over. I love yeah. this idea of trusting that my purpose is deep rooted and I'm worthy of it. And everything that happens along the journey is meant to happen to make you the type of person that's going to have the success that's waiting for you on the other side. Yes. And speaking in flow and the type of work that Angelise really talked about, if you want to understand what it takes to develop your mindset, 
come join us in the collective. We're going through a transition ourselves. We're really trying to see what the community needs. And Audrey and I are working on something very special for our community so that you can start to become the person that you want to be and start to develop um, not only yourself or your career or your business, but just life, right? Showing up to your life, your life that you designed. And in the meantime, make sure that you hit subscribe, share this podcast on your story, share it on social media, tag your friends, because so many women are going through this and don't have anybody to guide them through this transition. Definitely. We'll make sure to tag Angelise. Thank you all and have a beautiful Friday. Happy 